This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by our good friends at Hedua, the Home Educating Family Association. You can find them at Hedua.com. Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that the best way to get Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast, delivered directly to your listening device is to head on over to iTunes and to subscribe to our show. Each week when we produce new podcast material, it will come directly to you without you having to do anything. So head on over to iTunes, and while you're there, why don't you leave us a review as well? We hope you enjoy this week's episode. When someone asks us questions about this podcast, the one phrase that we continue to use in our definition of homeschooling IRL, the one that finds its way into every conversation is this, hope shifting. You know, if you've been around for any of the prior 80 episodes, you know that we love to talk about this topic. Likewise, if this is the first time you're joining us here on Homeschooling IRL, well, welcome to the podcast and welcome to the one and only topic that we really hope you will take away. You know, I have been looking so forward to producing this episode because we are focusing on one topic and one topic only, and that's hope shifting. We sit down with our pastor, Jim Applegate, from Redeemer Church in Modesto, California, and we look at hope shifting from every different angle. We start with just what is the definition? Well, I was going to say our, our backup plan needs to be Jesus, and really, that that's hope shifting right there. It's one oh one, but it's it's the idea of no when your and your hope when your hope puts is put in something other than Christ. That's when you begin to shift towards that world or religion. Fellow homeschoolers, we are notorious at hope shifting, um, and you know the thing is, it will sneak up on us as homeschoolers in subtle ways. Well, if I can just look the part, then I'll be loved. And all you're going to do at that point is make yourself into a liar um, and a faker. And, and both those things, are, I think, are detestable to ourselves, to the Lord, and ultimately they, they just produce this prison that is so hard to get out of. Hey, this is why we exist at Homeschooling in Real Life. This is what we are hoping to do with this podcast. We're hoping to free homeschooling families that have found themselves in a prison because they've shifted their hope either onto the world or onto religion. This is episode 81, Hope Shifting. Stay with us, enjoy this episode, and share it with others. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. 
Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 81 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is the granddaddy of all episodes. This is Hope Shifting. Hope Shifting. We have hoped, yeah, for the last two weeks to do this episode. I know. Which is great. So we had um, our guest, Jim Applegate, in the studio with us yesterday morning. And what a great, great conversation to start a weekend, eh? Yeah, so I've been, uh, like I say, I hope shift every day, but it's mm. been on um, on the front of my palate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about it, tasting it all weekend long as I've been thinking through topics. But you want to know what else is on my palate? What? Caroline's coffee. <laughs> I've got to tell our listeners about this. And, okay. You know, we've been accused of selling things on this <gasps> podcast. Because, in fact, when you get sponsors, what they want from you is ads. Yeah. And, Funny. And so, um, <laughs> this is not sales whatsoever. I'm drinking a Nicaraguan coffee. This is the first time I've ever had this coffee bean. And I'm going to tell you one thing. You know what stands out about this coffee, Kendra? Um, it's coffee-ish. No. Giant beans. These are really? like jack <laughs> in the beanstalk beans. Wow. Um, when I went to grind, I normally, I've, I've had a pea berry. And if uh, coffee drinkers are out there, that is literally the size of a pea, like a pea berry. But these Nicaraguan, uh, I'll try the last name. It's uh, Maragayip. It's, uh, these are giant coffee beans. Um, but they, are, I would say they're as big as peanuts, you know, when you're grinding them. And I was talking with Holly uh, Fike over at Caroline's Coffee about these, and she said that... Uh, Trace had shipped me a nice light roast just like I like it. Delicious coffee. And if you want to see what giant coffee beans look like, head on over to Caroline's Coffee and get some Nicaraguan. Now, that wasn't a plug. That's just what I'm drinking and wanted to talk about. All right. So uh, did you have any other fluff you wanted to bring here before we got to the interview? Well, we are going quickly on this intro because we just found out somebody wants to look at our house in a couple of hours. And aside from Christmas and all the junk it brings into the house. We have not been keeping our house up to show it over the last few weeks. All right, so we don't want to keep our listeners waiting. The interview with Jim is so rich. I want to take less fluff time and go directly there. Let's do this. All right, Ken, so I wanted to record a new commercial for our sponsor, Hedgewa, uh, and that's because someone did write in and accuse us of selling stuff, and I wanted to <laughs> remind our listeners, I figured this was a great way to, one, plug Hedgewa, and two, to uh, talk to our listeners. You know, these podcasts are free. You go on iTunes, you go on the website, you download us talking for free. That's fine. That's yeah. great. That's why we put them out there, um, but in fact, to produce a podcast takes time, energy, and I hate to say this, folks, it takes money. Yeah. And and we have chosen not to go to you, our listener, and ask for money. We've chosen to find some sponsors. And these are companies that want to reach out to our specific audience. So Hedgewa, Hedgewa.com, the Home Educating Family Association, was pleased to partner with us. And we were pleased to partner with them. Because here's the other thing. We only like to partner with companies that we truly believe in. Yeah, absolutely. And Hedgewa is one of them. We know the owner of Hedgewa. We spent time with the owner of Hedgewa and with the people of Hedgewa. Mm -hmm. So when we say, you know, you're getting a free podcast and this is how you can help support the podcast, we're not asking for dollars. We're asking for you to go over and do business and to help our sponsors. So, Yeah, and you know what, you guys? The thing is, we have a heart to point families to the gospel. So does Hedgewa. So this is why we love to partner with them. Yeah, so hang on, head over there and uh, show them some love. All right, so a quick intro to the Hope Shifting episode. We, as you said, we sat down with Jim Applegate, our pastor, and that's we're going to roll that interview in just a second. Um, but again, this is the heart 
and the pulse of homeschooling in real life, this topic, and we decided to give it its own full episode So for a couple reasons, right? We wanted to be able to have listeners who want to know about homeschooling in real life. This is the episode to start with. Mm -hmm. The second thing is we touched on this already, episode uh, five, four and five, I think episode four and five, homeschooling will save your children. And we've already interviewed Jim on this topic once. But this really is, after two years of marinating, we wanted to hit it hard. And then the third reason, as you shared yesterday, Kendra, we want this to be shared everywhere. Absolutely. And this is just another way of saying, look, Jesus is it. We begin, we dwell, we end with Jesus. Yeah. And if you have friends that struggle with the gospel or articulating it, or even really understanding what idolatry is um, in the homeschooling community, Mm -hmm. because it is rampant. Yeah. But outside of the homeschooling community, just friends, this is an episode you can just share across the board. So are you ready to head to the interview? Let's do it. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. All right, and we're back, and we are excited for this topic. Are you excited, Kim? I am very excited, and I know we have a lot of listeners who have said that this is important to them, so we're excited for this. Yeah, we've had two years marinating on the topic of hope shifting uh, on this podcast. We've mentioned it Almost every episode. <laughs> and if we haven't, we found a way That's to right. mention it. Yes. And then when we've been interviewed, we have asked people have asked to interview us on this topic of hope shifting yeah. in homeschooling. So we thought it would be good to dedicate an entire episode just to the topic. Let's just get it on the table. And then this can be one we just send every new listener to. And you know, Fletch, I think that we the person we have with us in the studio right now to talk about this does such a great job of articulating it because it yeah. actually came from his brain. Yeah, so for our good <laughs> so. Latin homeschoolers, I was looking up the term so I could use it and sound very smart this morning. Prima facie. Mm. That means like the um, you went to the source for this How one. How is it you know this term and you didn't actually teach Latin to the kids? I did. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I just wanted to seem really cool. For like one episode, I wanted them to go, wow, Fletch is the homeschooler in this relationship. <laughs> so uh, we want to welcome uh, Jim Applegate. He's the lead pastor at Redeemer Church, which happens to be where we go in downtown Modesto. So Jim, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Do you remember last time we talked, you were um, on Skype? Yep, I was in the UK visiting my mom there. Yeah, we talked about how kind of more regal that sounds. That sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah, it it does until you say my mom. My, I, I grew up in England, so that was my that was where I grew up till I was ten, and then I moved here. So lost my accent and all those kind of things. Awesome. So we uh, want to welcome you into the studio. We are talking about uh, which I consider to be your topic. Like this is um, when I think of hope shifting. That sounds bad. I think of Jim Applegate. That doesn't sound good, does I'm it? I'm a good hope shifter, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, why don't we start, just for our listeners uh, who might be brand new, with just a quick definition of hope shifting. Yeah, so, you know, hope shifting is basically the idea of where are you putting your hope other than Christ? I mean, that's that's the that's the quintessential definition of hope shifting is you're you're looking for fulfillment somewhere other than where it can be completely fulfilled. Jim, is this just a new way to describe or to teach the gospel, basically? Yeah, there's there's nothing new under the sun, and I definitely don't want to try and you know think, oh, we've come up with something new here. This is just a different way to articulate the grand truths of all time, the eternal truths. Yeah. And I think it's been something that's really helpful for me because 
you know, when you think about idolatry growing up in church, I had a really hard time understanding what idolatry was. And I thought, well, why would you worship something that you can buy at a Hawaiian gift store? You know, just <laughs> yes. kind of, that's bizarre. You, you know the picture he's given me? Brady Bunch. Exactly, the Brady Bunch Hawaii trip where yeah. they got the little tiki man. Exactly. You know, so and he's been married a long time. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I just think, you know, growing up in Sunday school, thinking, why would I ever do that? No one mm-hmm. ever does that. And then one day it began to click to me, oh, so hope shifting is just another word for idolatry. Okay. That's what it is. So, you know, where did this come from? Were you just sitting around one day watching an old rerun of The Brady Bunch? Yeah. Hey, look at that. You know, some of the best things actually come out when I'm preaching. It's like the Holy Spirit does a work in that moment. And so hope shifting really wasn't a premeditated thing. I was actually preaching through the book of Exodus. And all of a sudden that word hope shifting came out and I went, Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit just met with me in this moment mm. and helped me articulate something that I think I've been trying to articulate my whole life. And from the whole book of Exodus became a, a journey of learning where the Israelites hope shifted, where the Egyptians hope shifted. And then we quickly moved into the book of Galatians, and I saw where the New Testament authors, Peter, Paul, began to hope shift. And uh, and so sermon series just began to be cultivated out of this idea of hope shifting and, uh, and and what became a what started with just a you know a little word actually became oh my goodness this is a this is a really big idea that helps me really grasp my relationship with Christ in a different way so Jim that is actually where this light bulb moment happened for us as well because we were in that sermon series and it was it was such an aha moment because like you, we, well, we were both raised in, um, in Christian homes in Sunday schools, you know, all of that. And same thing. I thought, well, I don't, I don't idolize money and I don't idolize sex and drugs and rock and roll, but that was so far from what my heart was doing. And so you bring this whole thing out in Exodus and hope shifting absolutely was like the light bulb. It, yeah, it, it changed our marriage, changed our family. Absolutely. Changed. And even the way we speak with our kids, because we can say, wait a minute, you're, it looks to me like you're trying to find something in that person, in that relationship, in that situation that only Jesus can give you. Yeah. Can you take us back to that story in Exodus and how, how that for all of us made us realize what the Israelites were doing at the time and how we do this in our lives as well? Yeah, for sure. The... The interesting thing is the Exodus story really starts back in Genesis where um, God uses Joseph to bring them into Egypt um, to be saved from the Great Famine. And so, you know, they're they're in Egypt for a good reason. So they found a, a good place of safety. God is providing for them there. But then all of a sudden, instead of saying, thank you, God, that you provided for us in Egypt, they actually begin to put their hope in Egypt. And this is where they begin to say, well... Because our hope is here, we will start to make compromises in our faith, and we'll obey the Egyptians because they give us food, and we'll obey the Egyptians because they give us work, and we'll obey the Egyptians. And it just begins to um, snowball to the point that they are actually taking on the Egyptian gods, they're taking on the Egyptian way of life. And so then uh, when they finally cry out, uh, because they are stuck now in slavery, they've given up so much to the Egyptians, that now they're in, in just full-blown slavery to them. When they finally cry out the, uh, at the end of chapter 2 of Exodus, and the word is anaha, it's the groaning that comes in childbirth. In other words, I'm, we're totally done. Get this baby out. Um, 
at that point, God begins to intervene. And then you see God with the 10 plagues begin to come in and just chop down every single Egyptian god that really the Israelites have bought into. And he begins to just annihilate them one by one. And that that journey there is so important for the Israelites. But then it's not just uh, what happened in Egypt, but then also as they begin to leave Egypt and they begin to walk through the desert, God begins to destroy things that they've put hope in so that he can really um, purify, sanctify their hearts. So there's, there's, I guess there's a twofold approach. One is getting away from the bad culture of Egypt, but then realizing how much that still exists in our hearts, even as we leave Egypt and, uh, and being in the need to be sanctified from that. You know, that was the light bulb moment for me. They followed God and obeyed him into his provision. There was a famine for seven years, so he provides um, a place for them to be nourished for seven years. And then they stayed. You know, so then it's, you know, how many generations later, they're still in Egypt. And they've gone from being cared for to slaves to that which they were being provided for. And that's what we'll see as we get into some practical aspects, how you become a slave to your idol. Yeah. But it's a, it's such a subtle thing, isn't it? You have a, a, a bit of a, um, a graphic or a picture that you use to teach this. Um, you literally had a, a visual of this, of hope shifting. What do you want to share that with us? Yeah, it was funny because when we were right after we left the book of Exodus, we started preaching in the book of Galatians. And so I, I had this picture of, uh, just prison bars. And so I had prison bars behind me and then words from Galatians written on the prison bars about freedom. But then on both sides of the stage, I had religion and world. And then up front, I would put the gospel. And so the way that we taught through Galatians was er, er, at the end of every sermon, I would say, okay, here's the practical application. And I would walk over to the world and say, this is what Paul is saying about being trapped in worldliness and hope shifting towards worldliness. And then I would swing to the other side and say, and this is what Paul is saying about being trapped in religion. And then I would come back to the center and say, this is uh, the gospel and how it frees us from both the world and religion. And it was just, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty visual guy, so it was just kind of a fun thing. But I didn't realize that that would become kind of the basis of how I began to explain hope shifting from that point on. And that became that, that became a real life changer for me was that graphic. It just... In one picture, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, and so, yeah, I hope your I hope your listeners get to see that graphic yeah. for sure. Well, they'll definitely on the on the show graphic you'll get to see um, part of that production <laughs> right. sitting in a trash can. It's actually a pretty fun picture. But could you describe what if if this is a pendulum that's swinging back and forth between the world and religion? Um, there are listeners who don't get to hear the gospel every mm. single week. And, you know, I'm I'm a hope shifter on Monday morning. So being bathed in the gospel every Sunday, again, this was life-changing. And I hope for our listeners they, they can grasp this as well. So back to my question, what is the pendulum? What is swinging? Yeah, great question. So, you know, the reality is, is the, the pendulum is kind of our identity, who we are. And so I put, you know, five words together, talked to a couple of psychologists and thought, you know, what, what really defines us as who we are as people? And so I got these five words, acceptance, security, value, significance, and purpose. 
and said those things really make up why we are alive, why we are motivated to do the things that we do every day. Hey, like Fletch, you said you're a hope shifter on Monday. I'm a hope shifter on Sunday because I hope I preach a good enough sermon Mm. that everybody will like me and therefore I'm throwing my hope into, you know, my, my hope for significance into the sermon that I'm preaching, which is just crazy that I'm actually preaching the gospel but actually trying to use the gospel to find myself at the same time. Um, but what I realized was these five needs, acceptance, security, value, significance, and purpose, that they're innate needs given from God. We're human. He created us to have needs so that he could meet them. And that's a beautiful thing when you embark on that journey and realize it's okay to be needy. In fact, it is, it's not just okay. It's what you were created for. But then the reason why identity is sort of a pendulum is because you're swinging from day to day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I jokingly say, I don't know if this is appropriate to say on your podcast, but it I'm, is. A, I'm a swinger. <laughs> yeah. I'm a total <laughs> swinger. Yeah, that's totally appropriate. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from one day to the next, I'll swing from world to religion mm-hmm. and uh, need to be surrounded by people who remind me of the gospel. And honestly, sometimes it's not even a, a day later, it's a moment later that I go from the gospel and then I'm I'm safe in Christ to oh my gosh, a Harley just drove by and I wish I could be sitting on that thing because people would really think I'm cool if I drove a Harley. And that's a that's a crazy thought because I don't even know how to drive a motorcycle and I can't afford one either. So And I don't want to try and repair it. So I'm just going to put myself in bondage by buying that thing. But You know you're cool because you drive a Jeep, though. With I, the top down in wintertime, do like that is... Yeah. You don't need a Harley. You have everything a Harley's giving you. Well... You get work. You get something that you know you always take care of. That's... <laughs> Are you trying to talk me into hope shifting here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you do you remember, Kenj, when I... You know, I, one of the things I like to do during sermons is I'm a horrible note taker, but I'm a great doodler. Yeah. So I like to mm-hmm. doodle out pictures for the kids to get it. So one of my notebooks from that time in my life when I was taking notes... If I went back a couple of years, I'd find a big pendulum and a picture of me clinging onto that pendulum, you hmm. know, with all of my identity. And just, it was screaming on both extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, hey, we need to take a quick break um, from this. And then let's come back and let's go down the two different sides, world and religion, and maybe ask Jim some questions on practical aspects. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. All right, Ken, we're talking Christmas, we're talking gift giving, we're talking gift purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone is stuck and saying, oh, man, I forgot, I need to get a gift quickly, and I need it sent, I don't have time to wrap. Um, and That's you, you're talking about. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. You know where I would go? I would go to carolinescopy.com, because I have the opportunity there to give the gift of God's glory. Oh, sorry. Coffee. Coffee is God's glory. Yeah. We know. So I would I would go on there, I would pick my favorite bean, I would pick my favorite um, area of the world where coffee's grown, the roast that I like, and I would order coffee by the pound and have it sent directly to my recipient. That's what I would do. And because they're a sponsor of this podcast, and again this is a free podcast. That's what our listeners can do for us. Right, Kenj? Absolutely. So you need to go to homeschoolingirl.com slash coffee, and you'll go right to that little portal. Um, it's, like a, it's like the wardrobe, isn't it? That yeah. takes you into Narnia. <laughs> 
<laughs> Caroline's coffee is like the Narnia. Exactly. <laughs> Use our code HIRL, which stands for Homeschooling in Real Life, and you'll get 10% off your order. Go do it. And thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. All right. Well, welcome back. We are in the studio with Jim Applegate talking about hope shifting. And so, Jim, at this point, we've talked a lot about sort of the theory of or the um, background to this idea. Um, It's uh, essentially just articulating the gospel in a different way. But we want to talk now more about practical implications of hope shifting. What does that look like for believers? Well, specifically for homeschoolers. Okay. Jim, you have some connections to homeschooling from your own family, right? Yeah, we we homeschooled our kids all the way up through eighth grade. Um, Our oldest, we actually homeschooled her almost all the way through high school, but then we decided to put them in public high school. And um, we loved homeschooling, and we loved the public high school. It was an issue for us if we wanted more time with our kids, and so it worked out really well. And four daughters and one son. Four daughters, one son. Yeah, Yeah. so when, as Kendra's asking, as we get into practical aspects, you know, here we are, homeschoolers clinging to that pendulum, and we scream one direction or the other. Um, what are some ways, and maybe just open it up for studio time, that homeschoolers shift their hope onto the world? Well, l- let me just go back a little bit, because I think one of the very first things that, that we need to discuss is the idea that everybody needs to admit that they're a hope shifter. Yeah. And that, that is very important. And uh, the realization that you're, you're swinging to both sides all the time. So one thing that made this clear to me was the story of the prodigal son. And, uh, you know, typically in church worlds, we call it the story of the prodigal son, which is really not a good title for that story because the story starts in Luke chapter 15, the father had two sons. Right. And so this is where I think if you read through that story, you'll be able to see hope shifting very clearly in a couple of paragraphs where the one son shifts his hope towards the world and gets enslaved to it. And then the older brother, um, which is relatively the the crowd that I run in, um, a lot of people who grew up in church, and certainly this is my story, where I I couldn't really, I I couldn't really uh, empathize with the the younger brother of running to the world, but I could really empathize with the older brother where, you know, I was in church, but I was really disconnected from God, didn't really feel like I knew um, the heart of the Father towards me. And this is where my my story really began to change. So what I'd love to encourage every one of us to do is to think of ourselves as home, hope shifters from the very beginning. And I think this is where it, it could really start well for um, anybody who's homeschooling or really anybody in your church is just to realize you are swinging on a daily basis from one place to the other. None of us... Um, are absent of this idea. We we all have some sort of idolatry in our life. And really the, the only place to go that is safe is the love of the Father. And if you look at the Luke 15 story, just seeing the overwhelming love of the Father, Tim Keller calls uh, this story the prodigal God, because prodigal, the word means extravagant. I'm sorry, Fletch, I don't know it in Latin. But, oh. um, <laughs> we still know. think you're a cool homeschool dad. But, you know, I was thinking at this point, really, we should see if we can get Tim Keller on the podcast and maybe Tim... And Jim could sit down and we could dialogue through. I would like that. I yeah. often have <laughs> dreams about that, but I think that's when I'm hope shifting as well. So conversations with Tim Miller. So the prodigal God really means extravagant. That's what you're saying? Yeah. It's, prodigal. It's this extravagant father who shows love in incredible ways. And so, you know, the, the, the picture of the story is these guys, these two 
men, the younger brother trying to find his hope in the world, the older brother trying to find his hope in his behavior and his standards and his religion, and then coming back to the father who says, hey, because of Jesus, you are entirely loved. And I love you because I love you because I love you, not because of what you do or what you have or your significance in money or your significance in these other ways. So just being able to think through that clearly, I think, is very important for each one of us. So having said that, then, now we can rabbit trail into, okay, how do homeschoolers find their hope in uh, religion and the world? And maybe maybe it would be easier to start with religion, Fletch, since yeah. that one's defined more clearly probably and, in our world. And I would say for the last two years, that's a bit of where we have been pointing this out, right, Kench? Absolutely, yeah. You know, we've been talking about how homeschoolers often will look to, you know, one of the reasons they homeschool is to isolate and bring their kids away from, you know, the crap of the world, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always think, you know, they have these cute pink little teddy bears that they don't want, you know, mixing with the world. Um, But those cute little pink teddy bears are loaded with their own sin to begin with. They're not actually cute pink little teddy bears. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's what we realized in homeschooling is... We can save our kids from culture to some degree, but we can't save them from sin because it's within them. And that's a that's a brutal realization. Yeah. And you know, really you're just teaching your kid to put his hope in himself mm-hmm. or his hope in his ability to perform well, which is really um condemning at the end of the day because he can never ever be good enough um to be accepted. And so, you know, what we what we began to see in our own lives and in, in our kids was just the fact that the more and more you put your hope in your morality or your standards, the bigger liar you're going to become. So, you know, here, this is the way it works. And this is the way hypocrisy always works is um, you're having a tough morning on the way to church on Sunday morning. But then the moment you get there, you tell the kids, okay, let's go in with our brave face on and let's look polite and let's, because you put your hope in, in what you, your family looks like. And it's really not a truthful part of who you are. And uh, yet, but you've got to keep up appearances because you know that everybody in this social clique, which is happens to be the church, Mm -hmm. um, thinks of you well because your family is so behaved. And yet that's not that's not the truth. And and what what have you done at that point? You've taken your hope from knowing you're loved by Jesus, no matter how your kids behave or no matter what happens on the way between you and your spouse uh, to church to going, well, if I can just look the part, then I'll be loved. And all you're going to do at that point is make yourself into a liar um, and a faker. And, and both those things are, I think, are detestable to ourselves, to the Lord. And ultimately, they, they just produce this prison that is so hard to get out of. Yeah, you know, uh, you gave me a couple things there. One, I'm going to uh, ask that our listeners, um, when they're done listening to this podcast, that they go and rent the movie The Village by M. Night Shyamalan, um, which is, I'm not going to give you the whole gist because some people don't want to watch it because they think it's a, a horror movie or a scary movie. It's frightening, but I can guarantee you at the end, you will get a picture of life living when you hope shift towards religion, you know, that you're going to isolate your kids, um, in homeschooling, that you're going to isolate your kids and you're going to keep sin of the world away from them by doing school around your table and church in the perfect environment, or like we did, um, even keeping your kids with you 
throughout all of church. Like we're not even going to put them in a Sunday school environment because that is primarily the dad and mom's job. But go back, watch the village, and then comment back to us and see if you see what we see about how you cannot keep sin out of the village, out of the perfect village that you create. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's good to just go back to the gospel pendulum and say at the, at the, the heart of the pendulum is this need for acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very noble thing to do, um, to say we need acceptance and it's it's the innate need, so it's not it's not even a bad thing. It's a good thing to say I need to be accepted. But here's the question: Is where are you going to find that acceptance? And as soon as you start playing into this idea of behavior or um, separating yourself or these kind of things, it, it is gonna you're you're on a dangerous path towards slavery at that point. Just like the Egyptians, or just like the Israelites in Egypt. You're, yeah. You'll eventually end up in slavery. Mm-hmm. Exactly. One of the things that I will say often when I'm around homeschoolers or speaking at conventions or whatever is that this thing called homeschooling is a great tool. It, it's wonderful. We've loved it with our family. We've loved it for building relationships with our kids. It's been great academically. They've had freedom. You know, all those things we love about homeschooling. But when the tool becomes an idol we become slaves to that tool, like anything. And so, you know, same with the Israelites. God had given them this gift of food and refuge and a place to 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 land, really. Yeah, and while, to multiply. To, and to yeah. multiply. Boy. And yet then suddenly that gift he had given them became their idol, and it, it enslaved them. Yeah. So homeschooling, not bad, not bad. You know, removing your kids from a, a bad situation, not a bad thing, not a bad thing. There are times for that. There are seasons for that. There is appropriate response to evil, you know, in the lives of our children. But when that tool or that gift that God gives us becomes what we think is going to be our salvation in that situation, or we start to put our hope in that, well, homeschooling will cure this. Well, I'm going to bring my kid out of the public school system because, you know, they're just, they're behavior is spiraling and they're exposed to so much evil and this is going to fix it. No, that's where we become slaves to something, because really the only thing that's going to fix it is Jesus. Yeah. You know, um, if we're now kind of wrapping up that part, let's slide over to the world. Now that we've defined how homeschoolers will look for religion, um, shift that way. How do we shift towards the world? You had some ideas, Kenj? Well, a couple of things come to mind. And one would be that I think oftentimes as homeschoolers, we feel like we must prove ourselves to... Uh, family members to to our critics, whoever that might be. Maybe- and, and by saying prove, isn't that just another rewording of I want to find acceptance? Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And and I find myself, um, there have been times I feel like I've had to do this um, just because it, it it bubbles up inside of my sinful self. But, you know, Mighty Joe is in a public school and um, I've gone into meetings for him or, you know, gone to talk to a staff member and I get, you know, my, I kind of puff up my, my feathers because I want them to know I'm not a stupid homeschooling mother. You know, yeah. I have clout and I have experience and I have I've graduated three yeah. and I have a degree and blah, blah, blah. I've taught right. all my kids to read by. And I've taught them Latin. No. <laughs> But, you know, what is that? At its base and core, I'm, I'm walking in there saying, I need something else to prove my, uh, my uh, worth and my value when really it's all at the cross. 
It is. That's right. So that would be the first one. Um, the other would be this week we had a couple of negative uh, reviews on iTunes. Everybody's going to run over there now and read them. <laughs> but but one of the things that was lobbed at us in one of those reviews was that we don't we're not biblical enough. We're not we don't use enough scripture to back up what we're saying. Yeah, we we in fact <laughs> use a lot of uh, worldly music that on our clips. <laughs> I don't care going <laughs> going in and out of uh, segments. Right. Except yeah. for that Sarah Groves song, we see. I'm doing it right now. I'm like, well, except for that, we used that, and the same thing with the scriptural thing. Like, I'm like immediately in my mind. I'm like, well, what about this? And well, we did that, and we talked about this, and and I put up free copywork scripture copywork this week on the blog for people, you know, and all these stupid things just come pouring out of my very sinful heart. Um, that's hope shifting. That's saying I need to prove myself to these people that thought we were a terrible podcast (laughs) and, you know, taking people down this liberal Christian path or whatever that was lobbed at us too. And I had to just stop and say, Ken, who cares? You know, this is, it's, it's so unimportant what people think. It's so important that I'm secure in the love of God and what Christ did for me at the cross. Yeah. That is exactly the verbiage I have to say to myself. It's like I'm an idiot (laughs) because I have to say these things to myself every single day. Yeah. Yeah. While you were talking, Kendra, I thought of, uh, you know, a couple of examples that might be helpful is, you know, one is the the quintessential homeschooling thing, which is the spelling bee, you know, and our, our kids were in all of those, you know, but honestly, I'm sitting as a parent thinking, I want my kid to do well because I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. And then not only do I want people to like me, but I want my kid to be, you know, the top speller in the state so that he can get into a college, which, you know, honestly, that has financial ramifications for us. So scholarships, you know, things like that. And so all of a sudden I'm I'm putting pressure now on my kid to perform because I've taken my hope away from Jesus um, being able to provide for us. And I've put my hope in this spelling bee. And so all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I can become pretty unkind to not only my kid and that I want him to perform, so I'm going to make him do things that maybe he doesn't enjoy doing. <laughs> but then I become cynical to other people like, well, their kid's not that good a speller. I mean, they don't even know Latin, <laughs> you know. And so I'm <laughs> judgmental in those kind of ways towards them. And, uh, you know, I think oh, they don't dress their kids very well. They're not going to be able to spell that good. You know, and what have I done here? I've taken my hope away from Jesus providing for my kid, my Jesus, Jesus being able to look into the future and say, God has a great plan for college and everything for my kid. And, and I begin to see, man, I've shifted towards the world. I'm trying to use competition. I'm trying to use academics to fulfill the future of my child instead of saying, no, God has the future of my child in mind no matter what. Yeah, and that's I think, plays out in colleges. When you're... When you're getting ready to put your kid into college and you say, you really need to go here and you need this major, and your kid's a terrific artist, but you're like, you know what? You really should be an accountant because there will always be a need for accountants. Yeah, what's your backup plan? If you're going to be an artist or a musician, what's your backup plan, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the... Yeah. And, and you know, our backup plan, if it's not... Well, I was going to say our, our backup plan needs to be Jesus, and really, that that's hope shifting right there. I mean, one hundred and one. But yeah. it's it's the idea of no when you're and your hope when your hope puts is put in something other than Christ. That's when you begin to shift towards that world or religion. All right, so we're going to take another break. But when we come back, we are very excited to announce something really, 
really big, something we've been talking about for a lot of years, and we're finally able to uh, share it with our audience. So you're going to have to come back. We'll be right back. Hey there, homeschoolers. I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan from Finding Christ in Cinema. Once you've finished listening to this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, come on over and join us as we discover Christian themes in your favorite movies at ChristinCinema.com. Right, so we are back, and we are sitting in the studio with Jim Applegate, um, our pastor uh, from Redeemer Church in Modesto, California. We're talking about hope shifting, one of our favorite topics, and man, do we have some big news for our listeners. If you have been around for a while, and I know some of you, even in uh, reviewing or commenting us, you say, man, I was freed by home sh- hope shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Each one of us has tried to say home shifting. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that today. <laughs> I've been freed by homeschooling. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, hope no. Shifting. Um, we are super excited to say there is a resource available. Uh, Jim took the time to take all this and put it down into a book, and that book is available. So um, we're super excited, Jim, that you took the time to do that. We finally have something to hand out. Yeah, it it's not a very big book. You know, I I, uh, I try to write it in less than 50 pages. Chapters are very short. There's about 12 chapters. They're about three to four pages each. comes with some discussion. So my hope is that you could, you know, read it in a small group. You could read it with your kids. You could read it um, husband and wife, um, a couple of guys sitting around the table, a couple of girls sitting around the table. But my hope is that it's really easy to get through. It has the graphic there. So if nothing else, you can just... Uh, you know, go to Amazon and download the graphic, and uh, hopefully that that would be enough for you. Um, yeah, so it's it was a it was a real privilege just to be able to write kind of the story of where this came out of, and then the way that is it has challenged me, and I, so I hope it will be helpful to you as well. So, Kenj, big news for our listeners, specifically listening to this episode. We are giving away a copy, a signed copy, yeah. of Hope Shifting. That's cool. Yeah. All right, Kendra, so how do people get their hands on this signed copy if they want to uh, win the free one? Well, the very best way, always, is to become a subscriber over at homeschoolingirl.com. It's totally free, and you'll get all of the notifications of uh, podcast episodes that come in. Um, There's stuff on the blog periodically. So if you go to the blog, we'll have a post up that is all about the Hope Shifting Contest. Go ahead and just enter that, and we will pick a winner on December 31st. Now, you do not need to win the contest to get a book. We'll have a link right in our show notes for uh, a link right over to Amazon, and you can pick up a copy. Uh, Listeners, this is the heart of homeschooling in real life. We have talked about this on every episode, and we wanted to get hope shifting out of the pews at Redeemer and Modesto into a more virtual church. People needed to hear this, not because it's brand new, like we were saying earlier. This is just the gospel and idolatry um, re-articulated in a framework that is super easy to understand, one that you can grab onto every day with your kids, with your spouse, as an individual. I mean, you've heard me say it. I I hope shift on Monday morning. That's just because I don't preach on Sundays. But I would I would hope shift in the pulpit probably when when people are looking at their iPhones or iPads going, they don't like what I'm saying. That's right. So, um, so we yeah. want you to uh, take part in this resource. Um, head on over to that link. Um, Christmas 
gifts, uh, stocking stuffers. We're not hope shifting in selling books. I'm hoping that people get freed because if you go back and li- if you're not a member or have listened to subscriber content, I got really personal and I shared my story about how the sermon series on hope shifting brought freedom in my life um, from a, a decades of uh, marital damage um, mm-hmm. and personal mindset damage in the area of finances. So head on over homeschoolingirl.com slash subscribe and uh, become a member of our community. And you will hear me share that very personal story about how hope shifting freed me. I wish for the last two years that we'd had this book. So thanks so much for publishing it, Jim, so that we can get this out and into the hands of a lot more folks. Um, uh, that being said, we want to thank you for being in our guest in the studio today. Thanks for being our pastor. Thanks for somebody that loves Jesus and points us to him. And uh, we'd love to have you back for more topics. Thanks so much for inviting me. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I I think that you know one of the things I'd love to share with your listeners is the joy that I've seen present in your life as you have grabbed onto the idea of hope shifting and been able to articulate that. And you know, coming from a religious background. Um, I think that that is probably one of the things that I see is missing most in Christianity today is just a joyful articulation and life in the gospel. And, uh, and I think that's what hope shifting speaks into is, it, you know, you, you said it in terms of freedom, Fletch. I'll just say it in terms of joy and happiness and getting to the point where this life in Christ is exciting, adventurous, it's full of discovery it's full of delight in God, and it is absent of condemnation and guilt and shame. In fact, one of the guys that I was sharing hope shifting with this week said to me, you know, what I'm hearing you say is, uh, shame on me is the devil, but shame off me is Christ. Hmm. And that's the message of hope shifting right there. That's awesome. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Awesome. Thanks. Well, we hope, not in a hope-shifting way, but we hope you were so completely equipped by this episode, encouraged, reminded that, you know what? Jesus paid it all at the cross. It is finished, and our hope is squarely in Him. So that was our hope for today's episode. Um, We would love to connect with you on this topic. The discussion continues always on social media, facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. Twitter at Homeschool IRL. And of course, you can email us, info at homeschoolingirl.com. Right. And if you want to become a member of our community, if you, um, as we said during the interview, if you want to learn to live fearlessly, recklessly, and free because of what Jesus has done in your life, that's the community we're trying to build. It's homeschoolingirl.com slash subscribe. And again, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, um, head on over. Um, We would love for you to subscribe there. These podcasts will come directly to your listening device. Um, But while you're there, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think. Uh, We've had a few people tell us what they think, and it hasn't been kind. No, (laughs) it's been fine. I take take, uh, the ups and the downs. So let us know what you think. Let us know how you think we're doing. And uh, we would love, love to hear from you. So next week, Kendra, we are on episode 82. We have... Um, two episodes left of this season. We are now creating seasons for homeschooling real life. Wow. And we're going to wrap it up at 2015 this season. Um, next week we're talking a little bit more about... Next week is just a light, fun, pre-Christmas episode. You can pop in your ears while you're, 
I don't know, finishing up the turkey or yeah. is this like, wrapping is this up like the present? a stocking stuffer podcast? That's what it feels like. That's perfect. Like a little stocking stuffer for yeah. you, Sounds for your good. listeners. And then the end of the year, we have uh, just a killer, killer episode planned. And I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. It is, but it's really good. You know what it is. I do know what it is, but you just set us up for a whole lot of disappointment if no, it's not killer. <laughs> this is the best. This is a good one to end the season on. Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.